Last time I was up here, I think there was about a 10% chance of rain. We saw how that worked out. Today, there's, I saw a 2%, so we can hope and pray for the best. Of all the animated Disney movies, it has the best scene, in my opinion, at least the best opening scene. Raise your hand if you know what movie I'm referring to after my inspiring performance. Okay, I saw a few kind of bashful hands, people who are embarrassed for me, including my kids. It's dawn on the African plain. The rhinos lift their heads. The topi prepare to bound away. The meerkats stand at attention. The cheetah looks expectantly from a rock. The flamingos fly together as one. Mom and baby giraffe warm themselves in the early morning sun. I know because I watched the scene three times this last week to get that opening line down. All the animals know where to go. They all find their place. And when the lion cub is anointed and lifted high from pride rock, the animals worship. What makes this opening scene of the Lion King so iconic? It's the song, right? It's got to be the Elton John song, the circle of life. The scene doesn't work without that song. Try watching that opening scene on mute. It's weird. The circle of life is what causes the animals to gather under Pride Rock in a circle of blessing and of praise. The blessing of the reign of the new king coming down for their good, and then the praise of all the animals rising to that future Lion King. Friends, it's with this opening scene from the Lion King that I want in your minds as we turn to our final psalm of ascent to Psalm 134 in this final sermon in our sermon series this morning. Uh, Psalm 134, like that opening scene in The Lion King, is a circle of blessing and praise. Psalm 134 is a circle of blessing and praise. First, we see the blessing ascending from God's servants to the Lord, blessing ascending, and then blessing descending from Mount Zion from our Lord and King. So Psalm 134 is a circle of praise. I'd invite you to turn in your Bibles to Psalm 134 if you haven't already. You can also find Psalm 134 printed out in full, because it's such a a short psalm, uh, toward the back of your bulletins. And I want us to do something a little different as we consider this psalm as we begin. We're going to read verses 1 and 2 in unison together kind of like we did with the statement of faith at the beginning of the service. We're going to read it together, and then I alone will read verse 3. You got it? We're going to read verses 1 and 2 together, and I will read verse 3, and I'll tell you why we're doing it this way in just a minute. So join with me now as we read Psalm 134, verses 1 and 2. Now bless the Lord, all you servants of the Lord, who stand in the Lord's house at night. Lift up your hands in the holy place and bless the Lord. And may the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth, bless you from Zion. Like the chants, the rapper song, when the praises go up, the blessings come down. It's a circle of blessing and praise. And this morning, I want us to find our place 
not as the Lion King would tell us in the circle of life, but in the circle of praise. So that's my main takeaway for us this morning. Find your place in the circle of praise. Find your place in the circle of praise. And I have two points for us to consider as you consider this, as you consider to seek to find your place in the circle of praise. One, bless God. Two, may God bless you. One, bless God. Two, may God bless you. And my prayer is that we would be caught up in the joy of blessing God and experiencing his blessing in Christ. So point number one, bless God. Verses one and two, a song of ascent. Now bless the Lord, all you servants of the Lord who stand in the Lord's house at night. Lift up your hands in the holy place and bless the Lord. The reason I had us read verses 1 and 2 uh, together earlier is because this psalm is antiphonal. It's antiphonal. That means it's a call and response. The call is verses 1 and 2. The response is verse 3. You know, verses 1 and 2 may have been our pilgrim travelers that we've been considering throughout this sermon series, you know, who are traveling to Zion, to the temple, to worship. They're leaving the temple now. They're leaving Jerusalem, and they're singing out to the temple priests in Jerusalem. Uh, Maybe they're leaving after the festival, and as they depart, they call out to the priests to continue to bless the Lord as they serve the Lord in the temple. So the pilgrims calling to the priests. Again, what are the the pilgrims calling the priests to do in verses 1 and 2? It's at the beginning of verse 1 and the end of verse 2. Hopefully it was clear. Bless the Lord. You've heard that already a bunch of times in this service today. Bless the Lord. But what does it mean to bless? What does it mean to bless? To bless is to speak well of someone to speak well of a person. You could translate the word bless as praise in this psalm. And I will, I have been, and I will continue to use the word bless and praise interchangeably in this sermon. The servants in the temple bless the Lord by offering sacrifices, prayers, lifting their hands, adoring their creator and covenant Lord. They sought to speak well of the Lord in their conversations with one another, in their songs, their prayers, their actions. The priests were wholly devoted to blessing the Lord in all areas of their life. It's not just something that they did on the Sabbath or when the pilgrims came on the festivals. They were devoted to blessing the Lord every day. Now, as the pilgrims are leaving Jerusalem, they're not making fun of the priests who are serving in the temple, as you, if you think about maybe like what we see here in this, in this psalm, they don't, they're not saying, hey, servants, hey, servants, have fun, trimming candles all night, serving the night shift, sounds like fun, we're out. No, the pilgrims recognize the high calling of the temple servants. They're not just ordinary servants hired by some rich landowner for menial tasks, No, these are servants of the Lord. Now, when I was a kid, my hero was a baseball player named Kirby Puckett. One time I went to an event at the Metrodome in Minneapolis, and Kirby Puckett was there. He was just a few feet from me. I could could almost reach out and touch him. If he had asked me, hey, little guy, go get me a Coke. 
or asked me to help him out in some way, I would have jumped at that opportunity. What an opportunity to be in the presence of greatness. Imagine the possibility of being able to to be recognized as worthy to serve someone great and famous. So it's not like the priests in our psalm just love doing these duties in the temple. Like these are their favorite things to do. Trimming the candles, praying, reading, singing. Uh, And most people don't prefer the night shift. But these servants knew that all they did was in service of Yahweh. They had the privilege to be in his presence and to serve him for life. Look at verse 2 now. The pilgrims tell the priests, get those hands up. Like at many concerts or many musical artists now, get the hands up. Bless and serve the Lord in his house. Lift those hands up and praise and bless the Lord. Now, this was a normal posture for prayer and praise for for Jews, particularly for the priests serving in the temple. It's how Jews often offered their prayers and their praise. I don't think that the psalmist here is telling us that lifting hands is required for worship. Just as today, I don't think it matters much whether you pray or sing with your eyes closed or you pray with your hands folded or you're kneeling or you're lifting your arms up to the heaven. I don't think that's the main point. The point is our whole being is built to bless. Our whole being is built to bless. We were created to worship. Listen to what C.S. Lewis writes about this idea that we all praise. The world rings with praise. Lovers praising their mistresses. Readers their favorite poet. Walkers praising the countryside. Players praising their favorite game. Praise of weather, wines, dishes, actors, motors, horses, children, flowers, mountains, rare stamps, rare beetles. If you praise rare beetles, I'd love to talk to you after the service. Praise almost seems to be inner health made audible. Again, praise almost seems to be inner health made audible. Men spontaneously praise whatever they value, so they spontaneously urge us to join them in praising it. Isn't she lovely? Wasn't it glorious? Don't you think that magnificent? The psalmists, in telling everyone to praise God, are doing what all men do when they speak about what they care about. Praise is part of what makes us human. It's in our DNA. We delight to praise, to bless that which we desire, value, and enjoy. Everyone worships, whether they're religious or not. Everyone worships because the Lord created us to worship, to delight, to praise, to bless. So I wonder, what do you worship? What do you worship or bless? One way to discern what or who we bless is to consider what we serve. Isn't that why the priests in Psalm 134 serve the Lord even on night shift? Tiredness or the late hour won't change the object of our blessing and service. We find time for what we bless and serve, for what's most important to us. So think about even this last week, 
What did you bless and serve? What did you stay up late doing? Were you serving your own comfort and entertainment? Were you serving your kids or your work? And we're all called to bless and serve things like family, work, and even relaxation. But this psalm is what we need today. It's a much-needed reminder and call for us to first and foremost bless and serve the Lord. We bless the Lord because he is the Lord. He is our covenant God. You know, everything and everyone else holds out promises for us. Uh, Like, say, the promise of a spouse. A spouse may hold out the promise for you of companionship, of intimacy. But a spouse ultimately can't make good on that promise. You will be disappointed if you're looking for a spouse to ultimately fulfill you. But the Lord promises to fill us, to draw near to us, to give us a home eternally in the person of his son. A career holds out the promise of fulfillment, success, recognition by our peers. But a career will never be enough. There will always be someone better than you. You will never receive the praise and the recognition that you really desire. But the Lord promises that all your desires will be met eternally in him. And he gives you a work to do that is eternal and good and that he will perfect. Though everyone else will abandon you, the Lord will never leave or forsake you. The Lord, this name, the Lord, shows that he has bound himself, his covenant self to his people. And the proof of that is that the temple came down to us in the person of his son. God's presence came down so that we might know intimacy with him. He gave us a Lord and a servant that we might obey in the person of Jesus Christ. So have you been blessing the Lord lately? Have you been serving him day and even some nights? Or have you been busy with other things? I want you to look at the first word of the psalm. Now. Some translations that you might have say come. So come and bless the Lord now. Did you fall into sins of lust and greed yesterday? You are here now. Bless the Lord. Did you serve the idols of your career or your comfort this past week? Turn now and bless the Lord. Are you feeling shame over your past or guilt for your lack of blessing the Lord? No matter. You are here now. Come and bless the Lord. You are here We are in God's presence. We have the privilege to serve him right now. Even as we receive his word, as we sing together, as we pray, this is the time now to come and bless the Lord. It is what we are created and called to do both now and forever in his presence. So will you come even now with all the distractions in your mind, with your plans for this afternoon, 
as you think about this coming week and remember your calling. You have one job. We have one job. Bless the Lord. So let's put tomorrow behind us. Let's no longer worry about the future, for we have been called to bless the Lord. Non-Christian friends, backsliding friends, I want you to know that you are welcome here. And the pilgrims from our psalm have an invitation for you as well. Come and bless the Lord. You know, maybe serving the Lord hasn't really been your thing lately. You may have little interest in standing in the Lord's presence, particularly if it means participating in organized religion like this. But you are here now. Would you come? The servant of the Lord, Jesus Christ, invites you to come. Not in your own efforts or in your good works, but in the name of the Lord Jesus. Maybe you're sitting here this morning and you don't really feel like blessing the Lord. You're just not, yeah, I'm just not feeling it today. I get it. To quote C.S. Lewis again, and I think the psalm calls us that it's in the process of being worshipped that God communicates his presence to us. The process of being worshipped that God communicates his presence to us. So rise up and bless, even if you don't feel like it. Pray that your affections and your emotions will follow, because this is not only an invitation, it's a command. We will taste and see that the Lord is good as we give ourselves to blessing him and to serving him, doing all that he has called us to do. You know, maybe as you, as you think about, you know, maybe the frustration of not feeling this joy well up within you to bless the Lord. Maybe it's because we haven't been giving ourselves to blessing the Lord. I mean, are we surprised if we spend no more than five minutes a day in prayer and reading God's word that our heart doesn't look towards the Lord, that our eyes don't look up to bless him? Are we surprised that if we gather for worship and we leave on Sunday, kind of like, yeah, yeah, it's fine. Fine sermon. Maybe that's because we didn't spend time preparing to bless the Lord, to come into his presence, to encourage others through singing and through worship. There's a better way. Ask the Lord's help as we bless the Lord. He invites us to bless him in joy, to serve him in his presence. What a privilege, just as we have been singing about this morning. So Henson, let's demonstrate to the watching world by our worship here that our Lord is worthy to receive all our blessing and praise. He is worthy of our service day and night. He is worthy to lift hands in praise and song. And how do we do this? Doesn't mean that you need to raise your hands when you sing, but sing joyfully, sing loudly. We are pilgrims created to praise. We are just passing through this short life and soon we will be standing before the throne where there will be no night, just endless days of joy and ecstasy as we see the Lord's face in his beauty and we praise him around his throne with the nations. So let's encourage one another to sing with no shame, to sing loud and proud.
You know, just as the pilgrims called the priests to bless the Lord in these first two verses, we need to call one another to bless the Lord. So how do we do that? Well, send a blessing someone's way this week. Encourage one another for how you have seen the Lord at work in them and how they have been a blessing to you through their faith, through their witness. So encourage someone to bless the Lord by sending a blessing this week. Just one person. Send a note, send a text, a phone call, an email. You know, we we naturally become introspective, discouraged. We forget the main purpose of our life if we don't regularly call one another in all kinds of ways to bless the Lord. Well, praises going up is only part of the cycle. It's not a circle unless the blessings come down. And the blessings of the Lord Jesus Christ coming down from Zion is what we're going to consider in our second and final point. Point two, may God bless you. Verse three, may the Lord, maker of heaven and earth, bless you from Zion. Well, remember in verses one and two in our mind's eye, we went to ancient Jerusalem and we were within the temple. We saw the priests standing in prayer, raising their hands to worship. In the dim candlelight of the early morning hours, we heard the songs of the pilgrims as they left the sacred city, singing their call to the Lord's servants to continue to worship and bless the name of their covenant Lord. Verses 1 and 2 is the call. Verse 3 is the response. Call and response. And the priests now turn and bless the pilgrims as they return home. I think this, pre, this priestly blessing that we see in verse 3 is an abbreviated version of Aaron's benediction from Numbers 6. Listen, the Lord spoke to Moses, tell Aaron and his sons, this is how you are to bless the Israelites. You should say to them, may the Lord bless you and protect you. May the Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. May the Lord look with favor on you and give you peace. In this way, they will pronounce my name over the Israelites, and I will bless them. Brothers and sisters, the Lord loves to bless his people. He delights to bless his people. He doesn't begrudge blessing us. You could say even that he longs to praise his people. Because listen, listen to Zephaniah 3. Sing for joy, daughter Zion. Shout loudly, Israel. Be glad and celebrate with all your heart, daughter Jerusalem. The Lord has removed your punishment. He has turned back your enemy. The king of Israel, the Lord, is among you. You need no longer fear harm. On that day, it will be said in, to Jerusalem, do not fear Zion. Do not let your hands grow weak. The Lord your God is among you, a warrior who saves. He will rejoice over you with gladness. He will be quiet in his love. He will delight in you with singing. This is what the priests are praying for the pilgrims. That the Lord be among them. Save them. Rejoice over them. Delight in them with singing. And the Lord will certainly do this. He is the creator of heaven and earth. He has all the resources of heaven and earth to bless his people. And the proof of that, 
is in the final word of this psalm. Zion. Zion is the source. That is the fount of God's blessing. Isn't that what you see in verse 3? You know, you may expect that the blessings would come, he would just say, from the Lord himself or from, from heaven. But no, the blessings must come from Zion. Why, why Zion? Well, if you were to turn in your Bibles back, you don't need to now, back to Psalm 2, we hear that the Lord in heaven has installed his king on Zion, his holy mountain. But the Lord installing his king on Zion wasn't how we might expect the Lord to show that the creator of heaven and earth was here among us. When the creator of heaven and earth showed up in Zion, he came in weakness. He came as an infant, his mom and dad dependent on his, on his parents. You can read the story in Luke 2. But there were two people there, only two, in the temple when he finally arrived, who had been waiting for the coming of the Lord and who recognized that the king had come into his temple. And when they saw him, what did they do? They blessed him. They blessed them. But with this blessing, Simeon, the man who had been waiting for the consolation of Israel for many years, prophesied that this king would be a sign that would be opposed. And he was opposed by the very ones he came to save and deliver. You know, friends, we are no different from those who stumbled over this rock from Zion back in the first century. It was religious people just like us who missed it. People then blessed themselves, their own reputations, their comfort, their autonomy, their rights, their conservative values, their works, their religion. And in protecting themselves, seeking to bless themselves, they crucified the king who had come to save us. But in God's mysterious wisdom, it was by our rejection of the Lord that the Lord had installed his king on Zion. At the cross of Jesus Christ, we see our king high and lifted, bearing the curse that we deserve for our sin and rebellion against the Lord. But this king on the cross, cursed, was how we would receive blessing. Through his curse, we know blessing. This is how we receive blessing today, friends. As the blood drips down from Zion and we hear the cries of our Lord, we see God's blessing of salvation, forgiveness of sins, life forevermore. The face of God shining on us so that we might know new life in his presence and in the resurrection of our Lord and God, Jesus Christ. We have come to Zion, to the city of the living God. We have come to Jesus Christ, our Lord. So will you bless him? Will you know his eternal blessing? Will you find your place in the circle of praise, both now and forever, because what he has accomplished in the gospel of his son, the king from Zion, This is the end of our journey through these 15 Psalms of Ascent. 
But the journey continues. We haven't arrived. Back in early June, we were at a crossroads in Psalm 120. We were in distress. We regretted that we had stayed in Meshach and Kadar so long. So we began our journey to Zion in repentance and faith. And that's exactly how we continue today on our journey in repentance and faith. Each day we look to the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth, and to his king who came from Zion. And we remember each day that we can't reach Zion on our own. We need one another's help. We need to continue to call to one another, to bless the Lord, and to call to the Lord for help. Just as we considered last week, we need the blessing of unity that comes only from the gospel. And we need Zion to come down to us. And praise God that he has and he will. So brothers and sisters, we continue this climb to Zion together, not in our own strength, but rejoicing that he has done already all that is necessary that you might arrive safely home. He has given us the keys to Zion City. His blood is the down payment. The Holy Spirit secures all that is necessary for us to live in Zion City forever in perfect joy with the Lord, our King. So now, won't you come today and bless the Lord and receive this blessing from God's word? May the Lord bless you and protect you. May the Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. May the Lord look with favor on you and give you peace. All in the name of our Lord who comes from Zion, Jesus Christ, who is Yahweh, who is God with us forever. Amen. Amen. Let's pray. Lord, we wonder that you, the creator of heaven and earth, would put your name on us that you would bind up your reputation with us, a people that is prone to wander, who so quickly uh, leave the God that we love and worship lesser things. Lord, we pray that you would give us a new vision of you in the person of your son as we consider the cross, as we consider your blood shed, as we consider that the tomb is empty. And as we consider that soon we will see you face to face, help us to to pull our faces out of the mud and to look to you to be washed clean in the blood of Jesus and to see with fresh eyes our Savior, Jesus Christ. Help us, Father, to bless your name. And we do bless you. We bless you for all the blessings that we know in Christ and in this church together. Help us to, each day that you give us, to encourage one another on this journey as we walk in repentance and faith. And Lord, we we long for your return. We pray that you would come quickly, Jesus. It's in his name we pray. Amen.